Welcome, everybody, to a very special Maester Monthly installment, An Evening at the Quillen Tankard. I am Bookshelf Stud, also known as Michael. I am Glass Table Girl, also known as Eliana. I'm Joe Magician, otherwise known as Matt. And my name is Aaron, and I'm Admiral Kurd. As of about seven hours ago, while we record this, the latest, the first teaser, I guess, for Game of Thrones Season 7 has dropped. The Long Walk teaser. Uh, Woo! Yeah. Exciting. Woo! Featuring uh, John and Danny and Cersei walking and sitting, which is, is just, like, mind-blowingly incredible. I didn't, oh my god. I, you forgot the I last character, the night oh, queen. Yeah. Oh yeah, How yeah. could you forget? Of course. You're just like the people in Westeros, forgetting the war that actually <laughs> matters. Oh no, Chris, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. Is there this goes one, our, um, Is this one going on iTunes? There goes that. We, uh... Just edit. Just edit it. Just put a bugger over it. He was kind of like a teaser in the teaser trailer, though. He wasn't a full featured character because he didn't sit on anything. No, I kept waiting for them to zoom out and he's like on an ice throne, but we didn't get that. That would have been really cool. Well, he's next to the wall. Why would he need a throne? The Night King is such a tease. Uh, someone had a good comment in the thread suggesting that he should have been sitting in Blood Raven's throne. Ooh. Um, that would have been cool. The Weirwood Throne. That would have been way more mysterious. Like, I've taken over this place that I see everything from and know all. Right, exactly. Maybe they tore that set down, though, after the end of last <laughs> season. Probably. Because they got rid of the Eerie set, like, right after that season had concluded. <laughs> I guess I guess we're not going back to the Eerie then, huh? No. Uh, damn. I wanted more Sweet Robin. <laughs> so much more. They could have done something, though, where they did, like, a camera capture and 3D model the entire set. So if they had scenes later on, they could just superimpose the characters into that. Yeah. So we'll see. I feel like it could happen. So, yeah, well, I mean, what, what was everyone's thoughts? We sort of jumped right into the Night's King there. But, like, are you hyped? Or were you sort of lackluster? I don't know. What would you think? It's a very cheap kind of... Not a lot going on in this one. Like you're not seeing the dragons. You're not seeing armies. You're not seeing ships. It's just these three actors walking. It's simple, but I think it's effective in sort of showing kind of how they're all assuming their reins of power now. So when you say cheap, you mean a good thing. Like it, it didn't cost a lot. Yeah, I mean okay. it in a good way. Yeah. They didn't they didn't throw Michael Bay at us. Well, right. thank God for that. This uh, <laughs> series will be about character stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and cut. That series will be about truly the Quill and Tankard. The Quill and Tankard. We're just having a good time. Where everyone's phone goes <laughs> off. It was better than, say, the old teaser trailers that they had with the site. Remember those for season the five oh my or gosh. season six? Those were really low production. The site, the ones where like you, you got like a direct message on Twitter that was, here's your glimpse of of. Season, I think it was season five. Yeah, because they showed the House of Black and White Doors were one of the things that they showed. It was yeah. very brief. It was those like 10 second clips of like a set or a raven hmm. or a flag or something. This was a proper teaser trailer. I thought this was a really good teaser. Yeah. Yeah. For what it's worth, even though sometimes they fall flat, cough, block of ice <laughs> i guess i applaud the willingness of hbo to invest in like trying to do these more experimental ways to to push 
to push the new seasons, even if it falls flat, it's cool, it's commendable that they want to try to be out there. I've always liked these early trailers and stuff when they have lyrical, uh, it's not pop music, but you know, like modern 1989 pop music mm-hmm. by James. <laughs> 1989. Yeah. That's, that, that song's older than A Game of Thrones. Wow. Got that for a second. It's older um, than me. <laughs> is it older than Wild Cards? Uh, no, it's not older than the the masterpiece that is Wild Cards. Wild Cards is forever. It never started, never ends. You know, I actually found like one of the one of the middling Wild Cards books at, in the library, like one of the ones with the terrible covers that has never been re-released. Those covers <laughs> are beautiful and belonged in frames. <laughs> sure. Yeah, man. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also saw some new stuff out of well we, we've seen Winterfell and King's Landing with Cersei and Jon in charge but we saw Danion what appears to be Dragonstone that is big news yeah. and it, she's changing a lot of things about herself she, uh, she's wearing Targaryen colors now she's sitting on a throne instead of sitting on her little bench in Marine. it seems like she's really going full Danny the Conqueror mode I, I mean I think it looks awesome that, that new set I hope we see a lot there. Did we never see that throne on Dragonstone when during the Stannis scenes? No, he stayed in the map room. We never did because it's a brand new set in Spain. Is it a brand new set in Spain or is it the just like outdoor stuff that they're doing in Spain? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was like a cave or something with that kind of rock formation. Um, hmm. That's not very spoilers production okay, yet, good. don't worry. No spoilers production. I'm not, I'm not spoiling me. anything for you. I I, th- I just think I recognize that rock formation from from a, a a photo or something. I was watching it back, and I was wondering if that wasn't a redress of the main set that they have in the throne room for King's Landing. Because mm. as far as older shows are concerned, when they need to do like say in Star Trek, they could never like really recreate the same bridge over and over of like alien spaceships. So what they do is they take like a stock set and they'd redress it by like adding new panels and stuff. And if that's like a really huge set judging by a couple of the shots when we saw Danny walking. I'm wondering if they didn't just take that set, remove some of the pillars, and put different panelings over. Yeah. They would have had to change the floor. That would make sense if they did that. And if like they had that same aesthetic in in world between the Iron Throne and like King's Landing and Dragonstone. Yeah. Because it's the same owners yeah. really. Same architects. So, do you think they could have taken apart the marine throne room and, and redressed it as that? It's possible, but I mean, the marine set was very well. They would have torn it down unless we go back and we see yeah. Dario ruling marine in a couple clips. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, be great. I hope so. <laughs> I really need some closure on that storyline. I like how the the back of Danny's chair is very angled, like it's the the Dragonstone visage when you're looking at it from uh mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. on the set and like you can see it behind the background on last week tonight with john oliver because dragonstone's actually behind him up in the top you guys didn't know that i'm looking at your faces and you're like all lost what yeah you, you can see dragonstone on the set of last week tonight are you serious like 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 on the sound stage like i'm around the other side or something no it's like right behind him above his head no <laughs> you're Blowing my mind. Anyway, so the, the music in this uh, trailer, like I was saying, like it's one of these times when they've decided to include something lyrical. 
So what, what did you guys think about the music? Do you think it fit? The lyrics themselves are, it's sort of a person asking for forgiveness, sympathy, and empathy. from, And they're saying like, let's be friends, come sit down next to me. We both experienced horrible things in our lives. We can relate over this. But that, and then how does that relate to the three characters walking to thrones and sitting down other than the obvious, you know, sit down part? I had an interesting idea about this. Yeah. I'm going to throw out my spicy meatball right now. Okay. It's it's so spicy. So Mm. there's nobody else in these scenes. So it's Danny, John, and Cersei all walking to thrones and they're sitting down, but there's no one else in the scenes. There should be people everywhere. As we last saw them in the, uh, in the season finales, they're surrounded by tons of people. And then at the end, you, they, you zoom in very close on their eyes. They close their eyes and then only Cersei opens hers back up. And then we pull out from the Night's King. So crazy tinfoil going on here. I'm wondering if with the song, <laughs> It's talking about empathy if the Night's King is looking for allies south of the wall. Danny and John are unreceptive. John looks pissed when he looks up. Danny looks sorrowful when she looks up, but Cersei looks intrigued. And then she opens her eyes and she breathes out the cold. And then we go right to the Night's King. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to say that Dan- uh, Cersei will be somehow receptive to whatever the Night's King is offering. I mean, she's already on board with Robert Strong. He can offer her an army of the undead. She already really likes an undead soldier. And he offers her power. Crazy tinfoil. That is a spicy, that is a spicy (laughs) meatball. Um, Can can I put in a counterpoint to that? Go right ahead. Why there are no other people in the throne rooms? It's because it was cheaply produced and they could only get the three (laughs) actors. It could be. I have an in-story thematic ideas to why there are no people in the throne rooms so okay i think it's the last danny chapter in a storm of swords and she talks about how lonely she is and talks about Mm -hmm. how once she's become queen she feels so far apart from everyone else and it's in Mm -hmm. being a ruler is all about that isolation so Mm -hmm. that's why i think there aren't any people in there to really highlight the idea that as a king you are far apart or a queen you are far apart from your subjects. Mm-hmm. Right. But being me, I took it in a crazy warging direction. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, look, you got to admit, first off, yeah, like I think that that thematic thing is totally there, especially yeah. coming together, for, clashing for this season. But it also is a little, it's a little suspicious. I admit the closing the eyes and then open it, you know, like. Only Cersei? And then, Cersei, and then Cersei's the only one who. She who breathes out the cold. Breath. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, weird. It feels like something they would do to mess with us. Maybe it's just marking her as the villain of this season. Now that could be like as they've set up the others as the, as the, as the villains. Maybe they're in this way. They're trying to say, well, Knights King and Cersei are similar in that they're going to be the villains, whereas John and Danny are going to be mm. the protagonists in this season. She's kind of already the villain, isn't she? Like she just right. murdered like a hundred people inside of mm-hmm. a religious site. Like the holiest site in all the land, so Yolo. yes, not <laughs> you only get to crawl under the Sept of Baylor once. <laughs> uh, yeah, you only Lancel once. Uh, what's that kid doing? I'm Lancel Lannister. I'm gonna investigate. He was the hottest man Why? in the Seven Kingdoms more than Quentin. Whoa! Whoa. For like half a second. 
For, yeah. For, <laughs> and then for everyone else was just yeah. as hot. <laughs> everyone here is so hot. The high sparrow. Um, <sighs> Steaming. I Mar- Marjorie actually stayed at about the same level of hotness. I would say. Ooh, nice. Ooh, got a crush, Mike? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's Natalie Dormer. Yeah. I, like, Do you not? Uh, objectively, every single person in the world has a crush on Natalie Dormer. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's my tinfoil. So we can choose to include it or not. My tinfoil is that, so we're seeing Cersei really coming into being that villain and taking on the throne and those aspirations in mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin's 1993 letter, Jamie was originally supposed to actually have really been a villain and wanted the Iron Throne for himself. Do we mm. think that, well, I don't know if in the books we'll go with this same direction, but that Cersei has eclipsed and taken on the role that Jamie was supposed to have? Interesting. Yeah. I could see that because Jamie clearly got developed more than what. George R. R. Martin originally envisioned in that '93 mm. letter, and he also the other I would like one of the other big changes from the '93 letter is is characters like Sansa in particular were much more fleshed out in the actual story than they were in the letter when when a lot of these women characters were either sort of written off or or pretty flat. So it'd be interesting if if he came up with that you know as sort of Cersei takes on this role that he had originally envisioned for Jaime. And that seems like a big note that he would pass on to D and D. Like if 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 we're assuming these last couple seasons are going to hit on big bullet points that 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 George told the producers, then Cersei becoming queen and and murdering people seems like a, a pretty big one. Here's some additional tinfoil. Was Cersei originally supposed to have Jamie's role then, and they are flipped entirely? Uh, uh, Her and Brienne in the Riverlands. Huh. <laughs> I'd, well, maybe I mean, like on an yeah. entire redemption arc, because you see her as like this right. evil queen Ooh. to like start out. Maybe she was supposed to be humanized through the stuff with that uh, she we learn about her with huh. Robert and things going on. But J, uh, George R. R. Martin changed it to be like, well, I I ate his children and stuff like that instead. Right? Yeah. 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 There's one major. Uh, sitting place that was omitted from this trailer namely the sea stone chair mm. um, or i think in the show it's actually the salt throne which is is pretty dumb um <laughs> I, I sit on the salt throne every day <laughs> as moderators i think uh, yeah but yeah i mean they, they totally left out euron Greyjoy. Mm. so mm. was that a surprise to you or was that just you know yet another step in in the uh complete lack of euron that we've had in the show so far that was kind of my first thought as far as watching the trailer um i thought that it would have been better if euron had appeared to sit on that throne and like started laughing at the Mm. end of the trailer but the show has this way it's going from say a giant political like sequence with the first five seasons or so and then it's starting to add in the magic stuff with the knight's king But the books have this transition character, as far as Euron is concerned, Mm -hmm. where he's political, but he has magical aspects to him for his political ambitions, which would then lead in later on into whatever the Night's King is doing. But as far as we see in the show, Euron's just kind of like 
this additional player who's pushing some of these secondary characters like Theon and Yara, Asha, into Yara. doing other stuff. Nah, uh, th- yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Funny story, when I first watched this trailer, I actually thought that because it was a... St- she was walking, Daenerys was walking through like a stone hallway and it was a stone chair. I was like, oh wait, is that the sea stone chair? And then I had to rewind and I realized, no, that's dragon stone. But I thought that maybe because she's traveling with Yara and Theon, maybe they like, for some reason, go all the way around Westeros and swing by the Iron Islands first, but that makes no sense. Just so, just so Danny can sit down. <laughs> yeah, sit down. <laughs> On the chair for briefly. So she could star in her own little trailer that they pitched around Westeros, like, here, follow Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> she sits down in various chairs. A lot of people have speculated over the years that Danny would sail east and land on the western shore of Westeros. Like, you guys have all seen this before oh, yeah. posted on the subreddit, yeah. like, many times. Mm-hmm. Like, Danny's going to circumnavigate the world. Matt is shaking his head. <laughs> I've never heard of this. I've never seen this. There are posts I've all never heard over. About yeah, like, like really what Quake tells her about, you have to, like... No, I've heard like, the stories about um, the Stark that went west and was never seen again. I've never heard Danny going east, though. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. This was, like, a... Yeah. This is a, like... Uh, people have been saying it for years. Ever since Quaith said her thing about, you know, like, to to go west, you must go east or whatever. And the idea being that Danny would go east hmm. to a shy and then beyond and circumnavigate back to... Uh, and uh, George R. R. Martin's pretty much shot that one down by this point, I think. He shot but, it down um, many times because he goes, A, we will never see a shy except through perhaps memories, which a lot of people speculate yep. is Melisandre. Yeah. Or, yeah. And it also, he says in the blog post where he announced the lands of ice and fire, he says these maps don't show things such as like an, the Americas, if such a thing <laughs> even exists. They go, right. they don't show places like, they show places my characters will never go. And they're saying that, and then he says that the Americas might not exist and we will never find out and that means that danny cannot circumnavigate the globe Hmm. because then we would know if there was an entire continent there unless she went really far south or really flying well there's also the logistical concerns if george was to actually write that in the book because (laughs) the earth wasn't circumnavigated until the renaissance era um, by magellan and he left with three ships went all around the globe and he never even returned he died in the philippines or around there yeah and like 11 people returned on one ship two years later so if danny was to head east let's say she has an army and george has also said that, that planetos or girth whatever you want to call it Taros, um that it's akin to matt vance's big planet which yeah. is much larger yeah. than earth is like four so times. if danny was to head east with a full fleet of like 10,000 soldiers, how many of them would reach the western coast of of Westeros and how long? And that's telling an entirely different story in itself, like visiting right. all these other places along the way and meeting other people. And so it would be like several more years before she got back. Like it's the same thing with the pink letter. Like if it's a bu- if it's like <laughs> Asha writing the pink letter or Stannis writing it, John is two months away from bringing any help at all, even if they're calling for help because of the storms. Like there's just not a way that Danny gets to the western coast of 
of Westeros at all. If George is going to maintain like the realistic aspect as far as the books in a fantasy setting is concerned. And like no teleportation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. She finds that underground cavern that Bloodraven has that allows you to go anywhere in the world. <laughs> or all of Danny's armies puts on little fingers jetpacks and just go. <laughs> I do believe in the underground system of caverns that all connect to one another. That is a tinfoil that I do believe in. Definitely. Definitely. In- like Winterfell is connected to, to, to Bloodraven's cave and all that. Yeah. In 500 years, it'll be like an underground subway system. It's already work. dug for them. Are you saying there were subways? That this is a post-apocalyptic future? <gasps> Maybe from a oh. different book series? Maybe like wild cards. There are a whole bunch of. <laughs> so, do we want to talk about um, any of the other characters that most people would assume would be in the trailer, but weren't like Tyrion or actually, hang on, let me look at my list. Tyrion, Arya, Sansa, that they're just absent yeah. from it. They are conspicuously absent. Well, Tyrion isn't actually sitting anything, and all these other people are sitting on the throne. Like, would Tyrion just show up standing beside Daenerys if they're going to include him? What would he do in the context of the trailer? Walk, waddle behind her. Drink and know things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just find it interesting that they've uh, they've chosen John and Danny are obvious, but Cersei's the third character along with the Night's King that they've chosen to highlight. Whereas I think if you look at popularity of characters, you'd probably say that Arya and Tyrion would probably be pretty high up there. Which means they're not basing who's in this trailer on popularity. They're looking at what's important for this season's story. Which is interesting. Well, then you'd have to put Euron in there, wouldn't you? Nah, he's like, he's, he's gonna like he's gonna die in the first episode. Mark my words. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna pull a Doran. <laughs> Within moments of the trailer being posted on the subreddit, there was someone asking if. Do do you guys see like the shapes in the eye and they had like you know red circles and arrows <laughs> and stuff like that pointing to things. So did did you guys take a look at the the Night King's eye and see if there's any hidden messages or images or like uh you know drink your ovaltine or whatever buried in there somewhere? User faceless greenseer posted that uh on the subreddit and he ah. looked at like the after images of where so, uh, the Night's King, you can see a couple of maybe the wall in like his eye as it pulls mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And I went through looking through the eye as far as for like little hidden messages, like if mm-hmm. they wanted to have something super viral in there. And there was <laughs> there was a chance that there was some stuff, and I'll put this in like the YouTube video so you guys can look at it, um, where they may have superimposed some sort of image as you're pulling out immediately from the eye, but mm. it's probably just general CGI nonsense. Sure. Um, there is also some CGI in the trailer, like when Cersei takes her breath, yeah. That's all CGI. That's not actually real because if she was actually taking a breath in a cold environment at that angle, you would expect it to come directly out at the camera, but it doesn't. Mm. It goes off to like the right side of her face in a very lovely photogenic manner so it doesn't obscure anything, but that's not really realistic as far as mm. it's concerned. So you can tell that's CGI, and also right. they probably wouldn't put her in a cold environment like that. 
Yeah. Unless, although I heard the Titanic set um, at Belfast can get pretty cold. Yeah. They filmed that in. I'm sure. Speaking of breaths, they also, I think, CGI'd those breaths inside the Titanic movie. Um, I don't think those are actually real. Like, they didn't film it in the cold, and they just, like, added those later. So there we go. Maybe that's where they got the idea to do it. Heck if I know. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I think you're onto something. There's definitely a reflection of something. Oh, in the eye? Yeah, there's. I'm pretty sure there's the wall in the eye, but if you're... Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what. Don't dig too far into it, because would they really put something that cryptic in there? I dug deeper. I went and looked at the other characters' eyes when we were zooming in. I looked at John's, I looked at Cersei's, I looked at Danny's. There's nothing there. There's just a light source up in the corner for each of them. Nothing there. There's, There's nothing behind their eyes. I zoomed in so far. They're just wax figures. The reason you aren't seeing anything like reflected in anyone's eyes is like as Aaron was saying earlier that you know this was just easy to film. These aren't clips from scenes. That's why it's just the light source. Mm-hmm. These are mm-hmm. the, this was filmed purely for this trailer. Yeah, they probably had uh, all the actors come in early one day and just film this over like a period of a couple of hours. Right. Like some of the stuff takes a lot longer to film than you might imagine, and there's probably a lot of clips on the cutting room floor. Like mm-hmm. they'd have to move the cameras, especially if they're on cranes, and get all these shots. So. I mean, it's not super cheap to film something like this, but it's also not something that they would really break the budget for. Right, yeah. right, sure. But I also kind of like the way that they do these trailers because they don't give too much away in them, whereas yeah. like, if they're showing uh, a couple of trailers from like last year, you could almost piece together an entire season from looking at it. Yes. That's yeah. true. From yeah. the, um, the Breaking the Wheel teaser, you knew the whole season. Yeah, and they did like three trailers for season four or something, and it was like so much footage yeah. to look for in there. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much we're gonna like if they're gonna keep up this kind of theme with really cryptic, uh, simple trailers for season seven. Because I mean, obviously everyone's hyped for it already. Um, this you don't need to cryptic. give away the plot. It, it, I mean, I not not like... cryptic per se, just like you know, not informative. Yeah, right. It feels like they're really just coming back in this trailer to, you know, the title of the show and the first Oh, that's book, a really good point. Which is, it's a Game of Thrones, which I guess, sit Heck down, yes. music, is it musical chairs for A Song of Ice and Fire? Whoa. Yes. <gasps> she cracked it. Oh my gosh. It. Now this is the kind of high quality discourse you only get at the Quill and Tankard. This does kind of remind me of um, the trailers for Force Awakens, where their first trailers... Huh. Um, were really general. They only had a few clips. They were some of them. Um, I don't. I don't think some of them made it into the movies. And then as they went on, they started giving you more and more and more. So if they're following that kind of marketing scheme, this will be the first one. Next one will show more, and the third one would be probably the mass market one, where they're trying to get casual people in on it by showing them, you know, the eye candy from the season. Normies. Yeah, yeah, and they'd want to do that closer, way closer to release. Like right. back in previous years, the shows come out in like late March, early April, and they would release the trailers in about mid-January is when you start seeing them. And last year, we didn't get a trailer until I want to say like mid-March. It, yeah, so. it was late. It was like mid-March for sure. Yeah, and the show came out then in like April 24th or something of last mm-hmm. year. So I wouldn't expect a trailer, a full trailer until... June. Uh, June, I guess now. Yeah. That seems so late. 
I, I'm trying to think episode. if there's any big, uh, you know, like, like, is there a, a show ending or premiering or something in June where they're going to slap a trailer on, no. you know, because I feel like that's something they would do, right? Tack it on to uh, uh, another show. Hmm. I wonder how many more episodes there are in Legion. Maybe they'll do that. That's That probably has a high crossover. Insecure. They mm. might put it together with Insecure, which I think is airing it around that time. Ah. I really like that show. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe George will pull some strings and put it on the Expanse season finale. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be good. <laughs> on sci-fi. <laughs> okay, you know why... It's a good show. No, I, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm it's a great show. <laughs> you know why they're releasing Winter is Coming? Winter's Coming in July? Because it's like Christmas in July. In July. Wow. That's what I have. Christmas in July. <laughs> Quill and Tankard at its finest. The, the discourse only gets better. <laughs> uh, I've pro- always kind of wished the show would have aired like in the winter time because it's yeah. winter. That would have been a much better marketing point for them. Do you but think? Do you think there's a chance season eight will in fact come out in like winter of 2018? Well, if they're doing what six episodes next season, and they yeah. postpone it, some of the stuff that they've postponed is for shooting in Iceland yeah. more, yeah. which is more expensive, and it's a lot colder, and they have fewer hours of daylight, which is a big issue. Because even if you're right. shooting night scenes um, with modern cameras, you don't actually shoot them during the night. You then take the the day footage, and then you superimpose darkness over it and make it look all deep and blue and put a blue mm. filter in there. And right. Yeah. So they they need to have that daylight. And I don't know if they're only doing six episodes next season, could they push it back even farther? Would it take that much production? Would they do even more CGI? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. The budget's gonna be huge for whatever yeah. they want to do. I think I think what was it? They have like a similar budget to season seven for season eight, but you know, since it's fewer episodes, it's obviously uh all the dragons more per episode i just i feel like there's a chance if they push it back if they're doing lots of production stuff we could actually see like season eight in the winter of 2018 and then in the spring of 2019 <gasps> the winds of winter will come out spring oh, oh yes, finally no <laughs> so brilliant Ooh, i like this thing that user mockward said it which is about how you know, looks like they replaced the Star of the Seven in the windows. I know that they replaced something, mm. but so they replaced the Star of the Seven in the windows at the Red Keep with Lannister Lions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not notice that. Really? I, did- I noticed that detail. Makes me wonder if it's t- my tinfoil and it's in Cersei's head. <laughs> I mean, they do have it in the song, that whole, like, touched by madness part mm-hmm. when she appears. So- so, like, we're going to start season seven, and there'll be, like, Cersei in the throne room and all that, but then it'll cut, and she's still in the High Sparrow's cells, and her trial hasn't happened yet. And the entire story is a dream of spring. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Mind-blowing. <laughs> really? That was a great comment, Eliana. She's now frozen and staring frozen. at the ceiling. Yeah. What, wait, there's something in her eyes. It kind of looks like uh Is it the wall? I think it's the wall. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, Elia. Knight's queen glass table girl? <laughs> hey. I don't know. I saw someone ask in the thread, user DBG, spelled D-B-J-E-E-E, 
says, wait, are there icy thorns coming out of Cersei's throat and neck through her clothes? There's something spiky looking at the beginning of the shot already. I think it's more just her costume because even before then, um, but it's, it is interesting to think that like her costume might be more icy and maybe that plays into the tinfoil that you were yes. saying. And then other people <laughs> were talking about how Daenerys is finally donning the house colors of black and red and john is mm-hmm. just going around looking like john hashtag just john things it's true he's he's still got his same like fur coat on that he's had he's wearing yeah. leather he's he's dressed for battle in that is he mm. yeah well he's wearing leather <gasps> mm. oh my mm. god okay sorry this isn't costume okay some other people pointed <laughs> out um other okay two users at the very least have pointed out Okay, many users have pointed out the idea... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to start all over again. First user... That points... No, it's fine. We're, we're going to leave it in. God. This is great. Right, Just right, keep going. Right, Squirrel right. tanker. Sorry, I was scrolling up. Quill, I was tanker, scrolling quill. up through the thread. So I saw like the latest ones first and not the first one. Okay, so user <laughs> Wes VC says McCumber theory still stands. Remember the McCumber theory? Oh, yes. Uh, that uh, it's yes. all in the giant, a blue-eyed giant's eyeball. Oberon says it mockingly, and then um, Rob says it seriously to Bran. I think it's it's this weird creation myth that they that West all of Planetos is just the eyeball of a giant. And yes, a blue-eyed giant, a blue-eyed giant named Macumba. That your Rob impression right there. Yeah, that was my Richard Madden impression. Um, you did a great job. You're hired. Some say we live in the blue eye. They have a blue eyed giant named Macumba. <laughs> <laughs> it got progressively worse. That was like Scottish. <laughs> Isn't he? Richard Madden is Scottish, I think. So uh, mm. I've got that going for me. Just wait till you hear my Jorah Mormont. <laughs> So do we want to finish the costume thing? Yeah, so Danny's wearing Targaryen colors now, but they're very yeah. they're very dark mm. in the trailer. Mm. And it's the general like tone as far as uh Game of Thrones has gone on as it's been created. Like you go back to the early seasons and it's very bright. There's a lot of outdoor lighting and a lot of more yes. like pastels. And people attribute it getting darker towards, oh, well, this, the story is getting darker, so now they're going to start filming it darker. Like it, It's like poetry. It's like coming back. It's, like, it's rhyming. But it's more so in this case, I think, because they're just going with a different style, and it's more cinematic. And it's also, if they're going to do CGI things, it's always cheaper to do it in a dark environment because mm-hmm. then you don't, you can, you can fake a lot of, the CGI as far as how good it has to be in that deep blackness. Or even if you look at the Battle of the Bastards last season, there's a lot of smoke being kicked up that like represents snow. That's more to occlude the fact that there isn't great CGI rendering going on behind in those scenes than anything else. It is kind of too bad because I think a lot of the the awesome costuming gets swallowed up by that that need for... Mm. You know, sort of darker sets and 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 obfuscations, because uh, you know when they do all those like costume featurettes and things like that, and they really zoom in on the details. It's so intricate. It's awesome, and I get the feeling that Danny's dress would look really cool if if we 
we're seeing it in like bright. you know very very bright light um, that really got the red out. It would contrast really well with the obsidian of Dragonstone. Uh. Yeah, and it's one thing if the show eventually hits the long night, if it was to go from like a bright environment to immediately darker, that would be uh. a much stronger contrast than going from say like how dark it is right now and then just going to a little bit lighter dark of a shade. Um, <laughs> but if you also look at the costumes historically in the medieval period, the costumes that people had, well, not costumes, the, the dress that the nobles wore was always going to be very bright mm. and vivid because that showed yeah. off that they were able to afford yeah. those dyes, and it was the peasants who had more like the dark and the drab colors. And if you look in the trailer, it's kind of like everybody looks like they're in the Lord of the Matrix Reloaded <laughs> as far as how dark and dim just drop some sunglasses on people. Uh, but yeah. if you... Yeah. If you look at, say, what's the most famous, like, costume that somebody has, like, that they associate with a character, what do you guys, what comes to mind for you guys? Uh, Superman. Well, I mean in Game of Thrones. Uh, we <laughs> Not <can> say that. <laughs> Superman ain't in Game of Thrones. Uh, probably Melisandre. Um, her yeah. costume is very, very distinct. That's a great answer. Really? You guys don't Shoot. think bright blue, oh. open back? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking Bright yeah. blue Daenerys, because like they even when they parried her later in the in the thing in Volantis, you saw like that prostitute that was wearing a blue dress and stuff, and then everybody was like, "Oh, she's meant to be Daenerys," because it looks mm. it looks like what right. she wore. And Melisandre's dress is bright red and and visual. Yeah. But when you get into like the darker clothes, like nobody really remembers them that much. No. I guess. Well, I. It makes sense for John and Danny to wear those colors because if John is now becoming king in the north and taking on the star colors, then yeah, yeah he'd be wearing black and gray, and Danny would be wearing the house colors of yes. um, House Targaryen, yeah. which is that red and black. But what I don't get is it also feels a little out of character for Cersei to be wearing these dark colors, unless she's still <laughs> technically in mourning, which would mm -hmm. make sense, but. I guess she has to pretend she's mourning all those people she killed. <laughs> it was a terrible accident. I had nothing to do with it. Look, I'm wearing black. Poisoned by Roose Bolton's enemies. Cersei's the kind of person who would flaunt that wealth. She would be like, she's always like, I'm a lion. I'm going to wear the gold and crimson of House Lannister. Hear me roar and I'm not roaring. Sounds like a quiet lion. <laughs> which, is, which is interesting about Danny's uh, costume is that uh, the Targaryens are not usually known for the black. It's mostly the red. When when you look through history and what they looked yeah. like, especially if you look at Duncan Egg, where we meet a lot of them, and what Rhaegar and King Aerys wore, it was always crimson. That's the color of the dragon. But that's a good point. She's cho they've chosen to give her more black Rhaegar's than crimson armor, which is right. Rhaegar was out of character. Well, yes, but it's such of all the other Targaryens' outfits. I would say that Rhaegar's outfit is the most iconic in that everyone remembers Rhaegar clad in his black armor with crimson rubies. The crimson is like an accent that stands out even yes. more when you think about it in contrast to the black. Mm -hmm. But it is like Daenerys' outfit, which is more black. It's like a black base red with accent. red with I agree red with accents. that. It's, she's she's echoing Rhaegar more than she is the other Targaryens, which is interesting. I just had some random, super random tinfoil. Okay. I wonder if Rhaegar wasn't wearing that, 
because it's historically written that in some song that he was supposed to fight a battle there and dressed in this special armor to protect him, but he got the colors backwards. It's supposed to be red armor with dragon glass embedded into it what? to protect him. Mind blown. There you go. I just got chills up and down my legs. Oh, more tinfoil for you guys. Enjoy <laughs> that. Wow, that, that, that's actually pretty compelling. Not going to lie. Um, Quill and Tankard. Uh, got it wrong. He's got the wrong rubies. He flipped them backwards. And it makes him a target so that if he's wearing it to go up against the others, they all run up to him and try to touch him, and then they touch the obsidian and then blow up. <laughs> That's the sound of the others. I'm gonna touch you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch you. But they see the red. They're like, I'm going there. Yeah. Here, here, here I come. Yeah, that's. Yeah, they are, are they, are they like, uh, like bulls. Anger um, at them. Bullfighting. Yes. Rhaegar's trying to be unassuming with his black armor. Unfortunately, he's the crown prince and he has a dragon on his helm. Well, I, I think I think that about wraps it up for for what we can say about a one and a half minute long trailer featuring three actors walking and sitting. Three point one. Um, four. four. Four actors, if you count the Knights King. I Turns guess. Turns out it might not be the Knights um, King. I wonder if they retain the same it actor. Might, it might be ran, a random white. Maybe it's, I just mm, realized that. Whatever. Cersei in the future. It could be. Stop tinfoiling. Macumber. We're getting out of here. Cersei <gasps> is Macumber. Future Cersei. <laughs> My God. <laughs> We and you rearrange Macumber. all the letters um, in Macumber. So thank you for listening to this very special. <laughs> and you change the M. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> thank you for uh, uh, tuning in for this special Maester, Maester, special Maester monthly installment of a nice evening at the Quill and Tankard with, uh, with your friendly Maesters. I have been Bookshelf Stud, a.k.a. Michael. I have been Eliana a.k.a. Glass Table Girl. I've been Joe Magician, a.k.a. Matt. I've been Adam Curd, a.k.a. Aaron. And we're signing out. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hope you all have a good evening. Have a nice drive home. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> Stay safe out there. <laughs>